I know our, our text is from Matthew 22. It's just one verse. Uh, but open it up to Deuteronomy 6. We're going to be looking, spend some time there as well. Several years ago, a reporter for the Chicago Times, excuse me, Chicago Tribune, reported about a man by the name of Bill Mallory. Bill went to India to find the purpose for life, and he didn't find it. So when he returned to the United States, he had, was driving along, and he went into a Chevron station, and he saw a, a sign on the gas station that said, as you travel, ask us. So every time he pulled into a Chevron station, he would ask the attendant, and like I said, this is a long time ago, because uh, we don't have attendants to come out the car anymore, but he asked him, he pointed the sign and said, I'm a, tra- I'm a traveler. I'd like to ask a question. What's the purpose of life? Well, here's some of the answers he got. The first guy said, sorry, I'm new here. The second guy says, I don't remember anything in the manual about that. Another guy said, I'm not for church much myself. Another guy said, uh, excuse me, he just gave them a blank stare and cleaned his windshield. So he kept asking the question, what's the purpose of life, as he went into Chevron stations. And finally, he got a phone call from Chevron Customer Relations. They said, if you've got a question, write it out and send it to us. So he got a letter out. He wrote down, what is the purpose of life, put it in an envelope, and addressed it to Chevron, sent it to him. A few weeks later, he got back an answer from Chevron. All it was was a credit card application. If you want to find the purpose of life, don't ask in a gas station. Go to the one that created you or to his instruction book, the Word of God. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the purpose of life and and the two most important questions of life. Those questions are, who am I and why am I here? Well, who are you? You're a child of God. You're God's creation, his masterpiece. Uh, Paul writes, you're his, his creation made in Christ Jesus for good works. You're God's creation. What's your purpose here in life? Well, you're here to glorify God. And one way we glorify God is in worship. And that's the first purpose of your life. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at God's purposes for your life. They're the same as the purposes for Lynn Lane Baptist Church. And if you pull out your bulletin, I didn't pull mine up here. We'll just pretend it's a bulletin. You pull it out there, you'll see those purposes. That's my sermons for the next five weeks. So you'll know where we're going the next week. I won't always tell you where the scripture's going to be for the next weeks. But anyway, uh, we were created to bring God glory in worship. Unfortunately, a lot of what we do in life is about us. Our focus is on us and not on the Lord. Think about all those things that you do just for yourself. As I was praying about this message a couple of weeks ago, God reminded me, Keith, it's not about you. It's about me. So get over yourself. Think about that as we get on uh, a little bit in the message. As I said, the text is, is Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Pastor Mike's already quoted. I'll do it again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's it. That's our message. That's our, our, our verse. But where does it come from? I'm always one of those that if there's something in the New Testament that points to the Old Testament, I want to go back to it. And that's where we're going to look at Deuteronomy 6. So if you open your Bibles there, we're going to look at that. This, this whole 
this text comes in a, a context. And so the Lord says to Moses, this is the command, the statutes and ordinances the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you so that you may follow them in the land you're about to enter and possess. Do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life. Now, if God says to do something all the days of your life, you think that might be important? It's not like saying go down to the straight street and, and, and lay your hands on a man named Saul there. That's a one-time thing. That was important, one-time thing. This is something to do all your life. Do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping all the statutes and commands I am giving you, your son and your grandson, so that you may have a long life. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly because the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God is, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Hear that? Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. So Moses is telling Israel, this is what God said. If you want to be blessed, if you want to know God's purpose for your life, then love him with all you are. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength is called worship. A very simple definition of worship is loving God back. Because God loves you. God loves you. I'm going to repeat that again. God loves you. And worship is when we respond to Him. When we know Him and love Him back. And that's my response to God. Now, our text tells us that God wants us to love Him three ways. He wants us to love Him with our mind. He wants us to love Him with our heart and soul. And He wants us to love Him with all our strength or abilities. So that's going to be our outline. First, worship is loving God with my thoughts, with my, with my attention on God. Now, there are some religions that you just want to put your mind in neutral. You know, you've seen the guy sit in the lotus position, hold his fingers like this, whatever that means, just going, oh, and just let your mind go. Worship is thinking about God. You know, sometimes Christians uh, do that little thing in church. You know, we're sitting here and, and we're going, uh, because the preacher's preaching and I'm somewhere else. Ever been there? Yeah. You, know, you don't have to raise your hand, but I have. I know. Uh, or, or, or sometimes when, we, when you pray at a meal, you say, blah, 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 amen. And somebody asks you, what'd you pray? I don't know. You see, worship is putting our attention on God. Because God wants you to focus on Him because He is focused on you. Listen to this. This is Psalm 139. Lord, you've searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. 
You observe my travels and my rest. You're aware of all my ways. Before a word is in my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You've encircled me. You've placed your hand on me. God thinks about us. He knows everything about us. He even knows how many hairs you have on your head today, which is different than probably before you started brushing it. You know how I know? Because you look at your hairbrush, it's got full of what? Yeah. So God knows about it. But why can't we keep our focus on God? Well, first, we're self-centered by nature. Remember a baby? What's one of the first words they say? Mine or no. You don't have to teach them. They just know because it's in their heart. We're self-centered by nature. And we live among a people that are self-centered. Romans 8, 7 says, The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it's unable to do so. Worship is an act of the will. We must decide that we're going to worship God or not. So how do we get into the habit of worship? Well, we spend time with God. We spend time every single day in, in prayer and Bible study. Now, in the Old Testament... Where did the people have to go to worship? To the temple. They had to go to the temple to worship. Uh, they, you had to make a journey. You had to leave home. You had to go there. And that's where you worship God. But that's not true today. Where can you worship today? Anywhere you're at. That's exactly right. You know where I started my worship time this morning? Uh, it was before 4 o'clock, but I started praying in my bed. Sandy said something to me. I said, I'm not ready to get up yet. But I prayed that hour from four to five. It's not always, don't always pray that long, but that's what I did this morning. Because I knew I was going to be standing in front of you guys, and I knew I, my heart had to be right before I could do that. And so we can pray anywhere. You can pray when you're driving to work or getting ready to take a test if you're a student. Uh, somebody said there will always be prayer in school as long as teachers give tests. You can pray anywhere. You can focus on God wherever you're at. And there's a second thing that you do to, to, to worship, keep your mind focused on God, and that's to learn to pray, carry on a constant conversation with God. And that's what Jesus did. We saw that a few weeks ago, that Jesus was always focused on his heavenly Father, and he could always pray. In a few weeks... Uh, I'm already gathering material for the other sermons because I know where I'm going. But anyway, in a few weeks, we're going to look just at, at one verse in the book of Nehemiah. You remember Nehemiah? He was the cupbearer to the king. Man, he had an important position. If somebody's trying to, to kill the king through his food, Nehemiah would have gotten it first. Well, Nehemiah was always before the king. And I would imagine that if you had a bad day, the king would say, off with your head. You know, he didn't like people like Anyway, Nehemiah was in his, his, the king's presence. The king says, what's going on, Nehemiah? And you know what the scripture said? And I prayed. Just like that. He shot up a prayer to God before he opened his mouth. Anywhere we're at, we can focus on the Lord, have a constant conversation with God. Paul told us to pray without ceasing. And he didn't mean that we had to be on our knees 24-7, but to be in an attitude where we can always talk to God no matter what the situation. 
Psalm 105, 4 says, Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face always. Another translation says, Worship the Lord continually. We need to do that. We need to focus on God. The alternative to, to focusing on God is to focus on yourself. And a lot of bad things happen when you focus on yourself. You get depressed. You end up worrying. You, you feel with insecurity. But when you focus on Christ, you have a sense of gratitude and hope and joy and peace. So God says, first, worship me with your attention, with your, with your mind. But secondly, he says, express your affection to God. Love God with all your heart and soul. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Because God wants to be loved. Hosea 6, 6 says, I don't want your sacrifices, I want your love. I don't want your offerings, I want you to know me. So the most important thing that we can know is that God loves us. The most important thing that we can do is to love Him back. And knowing God and loving Him is worship. So how do we do that? You know, if you go through life, say tomorrow, Monday morning, you have this big project to do at work, or uh, you've got something at home that you need to do and you work real hard you get all that done and you've accomplished that and you haven't expressed your love to God you failed in that day because God didn't create you to accomplish great things he created you to love him and worship him we were made to worship God and to love God now Sandy and I've been married 44 years right 44 years and a half. We just spent 15 days together, and like I told Sandy, about 23 and a half hours a day for 15 days. And we came back liking each other, okay? You know, we had a good time. Um, say I got up this morning, and I went to Sandy. and said, Sandy, you're my wife. She'd say, yeah. And I'm your husband. She'd say, yeah. Here's these flowers, because husbands are supposed to give flowers to their wives. Think, how did she feel about that? But if I'd have said, honey, I love you so much. I am so grateful for the time we spent together. I want to express my love to you. I want to give these flowers. Think she'd like that? Yeah, God wants us to express our love to him. I mean, why are you here for worship this morning? Are you here because you have to? Because God wants your love. God wants your affection. God doesn't want you to be here. God doesn't want you to serve him out of a sense of a duty. He wants a relationship with you. God says, I want you to love me as much as I love you. So how do we express our, our worship to God? First, by thanking God. Just say, thank you, God. And there's a hundred, hundreds of ways you can do that. But mostly with our words, uh, the the greatest way you can love God is by surrendering your life to Christ. You see, God created you to love you, and He created you to love Him, 
Toby Mack's written a song, I was made to love. And that's true. You were made to love God. And the greatest way we express that is by surrendering our life to Christ. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the best way to say, God, I love you, is to trust Him with your life. And then to continue trusting Him day by day by day. We can't say, God, okay, here's my life, but I'm going to go live my life the way I want to. What does that say to God? We surrender our life to Him daily. Romans 6.13 says, give yourself completely to God since you've been given a new life. Why don't we always surrender our life totally to God? Fear. We're afraid God's going to ask us to do something. Maybe ask you to stand up and tell somebody about Jesus. We need to be doing that anyway. I read a story about a lady by the name of Liz Curtis Higgs. Any of you ladies ever heard of her? She's written 37 Christian books. She's spoken to hundreds of women at conferences across the United States. But did you know at one time, she was one of the most famous disc jockeys in America? In fact, the radio station she was on, the shock jock, Howard Stern was the morning person she was the afternoon person. She must have really been bad because one day Howard Stern said to her, Hey, Liz, you need to clean up your act. She must have really been bad. Well, Liz had a friend that was a Christian. And she kept inviting Liz to go to church with her, and Liz kept turning it down. But finally, she said, Okay, one time, one time I'll go to church with you. Now, Liz had become a militant feminist because she had been hurt by so many men. What do you think the preacher preached on that morning? Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. She wasn't happy. She was a little ticked off. She got really, really mad about it. But she kept listening. And the preacher went on, and husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and laid down his life for the church. When Liz heard that part, she said, well, I'd give my life to any man that would lay down his life for me. And her friend said, that's what Jesus did for you. He laid down his life. And not long after that, Liz surrendered her life to Christ. And she became a believer and serves him now. You see, worship is always a response to God's love. We love God because he first loved us. And he demonstrated that love by sending his son, Jesus Christ, who came to die for you and I. And our life is, is just surrendering to him. That's worship. So God wants us to love him with our minds. God wants us to, to love him with our heart and soul. And he wants to love him, us to love him with our strength. Worship is using my abilities for God. 
Now, as I said, Sandy and I have been married 44 years. I know that it takes more than me just saying, honey, I love you. And it takes more than that. It takes action. And one thing I've learned is that I can do things two ways. I can get mad when she asks me to do something and do it. Y'all ever act that way, guys? Or I can do it in love. You know, all those honeydew things. I think every wife's got a list. I don't know who issues that list, but I think every wife's got them, you know? Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, this is not just for husbands, for wives as well, for everybody. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you were working for the Lord and not for people. Whatever you do means anything that you do can become an act of worship if you do it as unto the Lord. Mowing the yard can become an act of worship. Taking care of those noisy kids that are driving you crazy up to your last nerve can become an act of worship. Whatever we do. Oh, I love that noise. I saw Melva look back. I love that noise. New babies, new life. I love that. Everything you could do can be worship. Because you can say, God, I'm doing this to bring you honor and glory. In fact, Pastor Mike mentioned this verse. Uh, Romans 12, 1, he didn't say where it was. Present your body a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable worship. That means all you do can become worship. I read a story uh, about a young man by the name of uh, Joel Morgan who was going to, to Eastern Europe to visit missionaries. And I don't know if I can get through the story because it's kind of emotional to me uh, having served on the mission field. But this young man was going to go to Eastern Europe. And so he, he asked his friends, what should I take with me? And they said, well, you know, Eastern Europe's pretty poor. You can't always get all the food you need. So take food snacks for yourself. And so he went to the grocery store and he said, Lord, what kind of things can I get through customs? And so he picked up Reese's peanut butter cups and tapioca pudding and hard candy and gum and malt and small cans of mandarin oranges and fruit cocktail. When he got to Romania, he stayed with the missionary family and spent the, the afternoon and the evening. And, and just before he, he, got, he left, he got to thinking, you know, I ought to give some of these things to, to this family. And so he asked the girls, what is it from the States that you're missing most of all? And they said, candy. Any other chance? think a kid's going to say? Their mom says they love Reese's peanut butter cups. So he pulled it out of the sack and gave it to him. He said it was like Santa Claus right there. And so then he asked uh, the mother, what item from the States would just brighten your day? She said, I miss fruit 
especially citrus. So he reached in his bag and he pulled out the fruit cocktail and the mandarin oranges and gave, to, gave it to him. And after celebration, he turned to the father and, and he got to thinking, you know, I could just dump the rest of this out and let him pick something. But, you know, God's got two out of two. And so he asked the father, what is it that you like? He says, well, what I really miss is something nobody else likes. Tapioca pudding. What kind of God do we serve? They would see a family over in Eastern Europe and influence a young man's heart to buy the things. That's the kind of God we serve. And that's why we're to love Him and worship. Because He is committed to us. He's passionate about us. Let me ask you a question. What do you think about when you just sit thinking don't have anything on your mind, just what do you think about most? Whatever that is, that may be what you worship. The Bible says you were made to know and love God. So this is a challenge. During invitation time, stop and say, God, are you really number one in my life? Do I really love you with all that I am, with my heart, soul, mind, and strength? And if not, right now, repent. Say, Lord, I want to love you with all that I am. I want to surrender anew to you so that you are first in my life no matter what. Maybe you're here and you've never trusted Christ as Lord and Savior. And you need to do that for the first time. Maybe you're watching on, on the, the video and on Facebook Live and you've never trusted Christ. You need to do that today because God loves you and He wants to give you the best kind of life. Surrender to Christ and worship.